This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This week's Double Tap Canada opens with a very special health warning. Wash your hands, for goodness sake, 20 seconds. Wash them, lather them up, lots of soap. We're going to do it, we're going to do it, and at the same time, we're going to treat you to a song so you can follow along at home. Uh, <clears throat> right, guys, let's do it. Double tap, Canada, it's a show, honestly. Double tap, Canada, it's a show. Keep going, keep going. Stevens in Glasgow eating a pie. Tim's in America and Sean's in his shed. I'm in my shed. Right, I think that's 20 seconds. Let's get on with the show. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI Audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, back from the bathroom, and we are all feeling so much better. We've washed our hands. <laughs> Can you rephrase that, please? <laughs> <laughs> We're very clean. Yes, we are. Well, look, it's important that we lead. That is what it's all about here, isn't it? That we, we lead by example. Yes. And uh, we, we make sure that we continue to provide good information. Well, you know, we're not going to go that far. <laughs> At least when it comes to washing your hands. Only when it comes to washing yes. your hands. I was going to say, someone chose us to lead by example? Okay. I think we're, we're the only ones left here to do this. Yeah, I think we're the, we're the ones that are being asked to do it. We're in charge of morale here at AMI, you know. Oh, I've dear. been told this. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, put, they put us in charge of morale. Oh, well, what could possibly go wrong? Anyway, uh, hi, guys. Tim's here. Sean's here. You all right, guys? Oh, now I don't know what to do. We don't want to speak over each other. I'll go first, Tim. You go yes, first. Go ahead. I, oh, no, you've done it. Now you've oh, done it. It's all no. gone wrong already. Oh, ruined it. I, I'm very well, thank you, Stephen. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Tim? I, I'm, I'm well, I think. I, I, I'm a little, little shaken by all this news about how we uh, are keeping the uh, morale afloat at AMI. I'm, I'm nervous now. Hang on, hang on. With everything that's going on in the world, that's what's shaking you? <laughs> exactly. That's what has me shaken to my core. Not the empty streets and the empty shelves with no toilet paper and people Oof. getting sick. Yeah, that's not shaking me at all. No. I still don't really understand the obsession around toilet paper. I mean, I've tried I've tried putting it in a toaster. It doesn't work. The toaster ovens don't like them. Um you know, you can't eat them, so I don't understand the point, quite frankly. That's the first place you go to, isn't it? Stick mm, it in a toaster food. oven. Try and eat it. Yeah. I'm all for building forts in the house, you know. We're all at home, we're all bored, so toilet roll forts. It's great fun. Hey, listen, we're, we're excited here in the UK because we've just got Disney+. Plus. Hooray! <gasps> <gasps> oh, wish upon a star, it'll cost you five ninety nine pounds um, a month. <laughs> um, now, let me just say, very accessible, very well done, very Netflix-like. I don't like it. What? What? You don't like it? I don't like it. I've pre-ordered, so I've got a year here, and I went on it the first time, uh, the first day of release, and I was bored. Oh, Boring. There's, on. there's nothing for me. It's very Disney. I don't. I, I'm oh, not. Hang kidding. on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You, you're telling me that Disney Plus is a little bit Disney. Yeah, but I thought there'd be, you know, I thought there'd be other stuff on there. It's all a bit, you know, child orientated. Yeah, it's called Star Wars and oh, Marvel yeah, no. and. 
Pixar. Yeah, and there was a Sandra Bullock movie on there. I was going to watch um, with my wife called While You Were Sleeping. That sounds quite good, actually. Um, no, it doesn't. Where's the zombie films? Where's the, the Friday the 13th? The, the, those are, first of all, those aren't even Disney or 20th Century Fox movies. <laughs> um, those would be in Hulu, but I don't think you guys get Hulu, do you? No, we can't say it, no. so we can't have it. Hulu? Hulu? Hulu. That's where all the adult Disney and 20th Century Fox stuff resides. Oh, steady. Adult Disney? Adult Disney, Disney, Tim. Mm. Just behave yourself. I'll try. Quite enough of that. We're charging morale here. Come on. (laughs) No, it's very good. It's It's very accessible. There is quite a lot of AD on there. I did watch Incredibles 2. I did like it. So, yeah, very good. Okay, I might have put on Lady and the Tramp, just saying, uh, the new one. And uh, it's actually not bad, although Jock has become Jacqueline. Since when did that happen? Um, it's all gone a bit wrong. I know diversity and all that, but, you know, come on. Leave it to the Jock Scotsman to find that Jock the Scotsman isn't... Uh, what, isn't wasn't Jock? Yeah, he was the, the Scotty. Yeah. yeah, so Jock's a Scottish terrier, yes. um, but it's now Jacqueline the Scottish terror, terrier. Not terror. Terror. Uh, terror. That's the film I'm nope, looking terror. for. Terror. I think you were right the first time. Uh. I think I'm the Scottish terror. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, no, I, I do think it's wonderful. Apple TV, I've got to say, is fantastic with it. Uh, you, either you tried it on there? No, I accidentally denied uh, permission. So uh, it's not on there. Yeah, I'll go back and sort it out. But i got to say, I do like the Apple TV app. I'm not keen on Apple TV+. Plus. Terrible, not enough on there, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how many like of the, the shows TV have you watched? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've watched the first five minutes of C uh, oh. when they were running through the forest, and I couldn't stand it, and I left. Brilliant, brilliant. Wow. There's not enough it's on an, there. It's an amazing show. It is really, really good. But no, I like the integration with other apps and Apple TV. Any of those partnerships where you can actually search, and then it says, "Oh, that's in Disney Plus," or "Oh, that's also in this app or that app." I love that that they have those partnerships because it makes it nice to just find everything kind of in one place. So yeah, well, that's the thing, and I, I really, I mean, the level of detail, you, you know, the verbosity on Apple TV sometimes can be a bit irritating. But actually, what they've done is, however they've done it, I, I don't know how they would do these things, but you know the way it's been written, <laughs> it is really clear and it's very understandable. So it will tell you, you know, currently playing or you know your film is starting. You know, really nice everyday language as opposed to you know film media playing. You know, five Buffering. hours to go. You know, it's all very kind of. Um, I, I kind of like the way they've done it. I, I think it's really good. So yeah, well done, Disney. Unlike something like CBS All Access, where it's X button, and then your 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 iPhone has to say, "This might be an image of clothes," or you know, Apple's got to figure it out for itself, or it doesn't even tell you. And like, what does this button do? I don't even know. Yeah, that's that's not good. I like the maybe button though. I'm getting used to the maybe buttons. You know, where you get (laughs) you get button maybe tree. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I kind of like that. That's quite nice. That's yeah, how I live my that. life. What's that now? Well, let me just touch it and see what it is. Maybe I'll be okay. <laughs> Don't touch anything. I've told you. You can't do that anymore. No. No touching. Um, listen, we've uh, got lots to talk about on the show this week. We are going to mention the fact that a lot of people are working from home. And uh, for that reason, we're going to focus in on a couple of different things. Um, we touched a little bit on this last week, but I wanted to mention Chrome Remote Desktop. I'm going to do a feature on it a bit later. Just really a, a kind of exploration of, of how to get it set up on your computer. It's really, really easy. 
You know, this isn't going to be like a Sean Priest feature, Tim. This is going to, you know, be quick. Um, I'm terrible. Uh, <laughs> no, be terrible. It'll be brilliant. I'll put music in it. You know, that I don't know some eight, some track from the 1930s to make it sound like it's really, really important. Thank um, you. Yeah, that's, the that's way my secret. It. I know it is. <laughs> um, but no, I'm I'm going to do a bit of a run through of Chrome Remote Desktop because I really like it. It's so easy to use and it's free. It's my favourite price. It's free. You know, I just haven't got into the remote desktop thing. There was Team Viewer, and I know a lot of people use that. NV Access, um, no, what was it called? NVDA Remote. Yeah. I haven't managed to get that to work yet. Um, so I'll be interested in this one, Stephen, for once. And actually, there's the other one, Tim. Jaws Tandem. Thanks. Jaws Tandem, which works yeah. very well. Yes. Jaws Tandem, which is good. Of course, both of you have to have Jaws on your computer. That's the only thing. But yeah, the NVDA option sounds good. Chrome Remote Desktop's good as well. One of the things I like about it is you can have Narrator running if it's a PC, and I guess on a Mac you can turn on VoiceOver. But whatever computer you are going on to, you just switch on the default screen reader, and away you go. And you can control that computer remotely because you get the audio back as well, and that's the key point. If you don't get that, then it's useless. Yeah. Um, so so that's good. So I've got a server, which I'm, I'm all my work is at home now. It's so everything I'm doing from home. And... The server that I need to connect to in my office, uh, I can just do remotely. Uh, it's quite funny, though, because I didn't realize uh, someone was still in the building and they were walking past the room where the server sits and they could hear uh, a song playing from the room and they went in and was very confused as to why the song was playing. And Ghost. it was obviously because I'd logged in and was playing the song <laughs> and it was coming out of a speaker on the server. So, you know. That's the only thing. You've got to be slightly careful what you're, you're doing on it. Um, but yeah, so that's good. And Sean, you're going to tell us all about Zoom. Zoom, well, everyone's meeting up uh, virtually now. So Zoom is so popular and it seems to be getting even more popular. And it's what we use to make this very show. It's fantastic. So I'll be doing a quick overview. Uh, there's so many different aspects to Zoom. But once you get the idea of how it works, it really is quite easy to follow. And it's really accessible. Yeah, it sure is. It's, it's a brilliant app. We love it, Tim, don't we? Yeah, it's a really great app. I don't want to turn into like a, a shill for zoom because we don't definitely we definitely aren't getting any kind of kickback but if you're still using for nothing right yeah exactly but if we you're still kicks. using anything yeah. else to connect virtually to anyone over the internet you need to try zoom it is so good it's so clear uh we we love it there's virtually no lag really when you use it and it's very accessible so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to this one for once from sean um because hey. uh zoom is so good <laughs> Wow. This week we're really excited about our features um, for the first time in a while. Okay. Um, listen, uh, before we get into our main topic this week, I, I wanted to pick up on something that uh, I spoke about oh, a good couple of months ago, and you can read about it on the Double Tap Online website. But um, I, I'm going to get slagged off for saying this. Calm. <laughs> Perfect. Um, no, I'll, I'll go with oh, that. Oh, did I get it right? There yeah, we no, go. Well okay. done. Are you happy no, with that? No, I mean, sort okay, of. Okay, fine. Uh, well, look, it's, I'm getting annoyed now. Uh, and I shouldn't be because I'm supposed to be calm. There you go. I said it wrong That's now. fair. Thanks. I can say it in an angry Scottish voice. Are you calm? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So the Cam app is uh, something which I would strongly encourage anyone uh, to try. It isn't the cheapest of apps, if I'm honest. Uh, you've got to pay a yearly subscription to it, and it can run into like 40 or $50, depending on... Uh, which subscription you go to. But what's good about it, I think, is that at this, especially right now, 
um, I, I think there's two things for me. One is the what I use it for, which is when I go to bed at night, I just sometimes like something just to drift off to. And I, I, I mean, I could of course listen to a feature by Sean Priest. Uh, that's the easiest option. Oh, but then obviously, <laughs> yeah. But then the problem is I hear your voice and I start to get irritated and it gets me awake again. <laughs> so I can't do that. So you know, instead I put on the Cam app and I listen to you know sandy beaches or you know a rainfall or thunderstorms. I don't like wind. Not a big fan of wind. No, none of us uh, do. No. Um, <laughs> it's an age thing for you, though. Uh, but, you know, bottom line is I like to listen to, uh, you know, those kind of soundscapes, and they, they help me get to sleep. There's great stories on the Cam app as well. But I think even during the day, there's a lot of people who will be listening to this who will be at home on their own. And, you know, during the day, the house can just feel a bit empty, especially if you're stuck in there. Um, you know, having this app to just have a background sound or something whether it be a street sound or a, a beach sound or just, you know, weather, um, can, can actually be quite nice. So, you know, I think this is a good app for all of the day and all of the night. Someone should write a song about that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I do think it's, it's a good one. It would be worth mentioning. And, of course, you were saying before we came on, Tim, that uh, they're doing a bit of a discount at the moment. And, you know, I, I know we don't advertise these things, and I'm not advertising as such, but, you know, I think it's important people can get access to these things, and if they haven't got huge amounts of money to spend, if you can get some money off it, then great. Uh, it's worth doing. Well, absolutely, um, yeah. And a lot of different apps are doing this. If, if there's an app that you've been wanting to try, like Calm or some other sort of app, uh, take what? a look at it because they might very well be doing you know free trial right now. A lot of companies are Freedom Scientific, at least I think in the U.S. and Canada. I don't know how much further that goes. They did have a link for international uh, partnerships. I don't know what that was, but they were saying you know free for students for like sixty days or something. And Calm has done the same thing. It's that one I don't remember. I want to say it's like a thirty day trial, maybe longer. But I think it um, is, yeah, yeah. So I mean that's fantastic. Especially like you said, Stephen, with what you know is everything that's going on right now in the world, you know, to have that uh, at your fingertips to help kind of relax you and everything and help you feel a little bit better. But but just on a broader scale, yeah, a lot of apps and services are doing that. So uh, keep an eye out for those because so many different places are offering free trials right now. See, I can't get my head around this, and I, I, you know, I'm sure you'll tell us, but I I cannot get my head around whether or not blind people are a bit more prepared for what we're going through than than other people are. Because, you know, I mean, we joke about it a lot, but the three of us actually have lived fairly isolated lives anyway. I mean, I say that, you know, to, to you a, a degree. Um, well, I, I do and I don't. I mean, obviously, I do go to my job, but, you know, would I rather work from home? Is it easier working from home? It is, actually. It's a sure. lot easier for me to work from home. <laughs> um, you know, and that, but that's the reason being is because everything's set up the way I like it. All my my systems work <laughs> sometimes, and you know the majority of times I'll be able to use everything as I want to use it. Whereas you work in a studio with other people mucking around all the time, changing things, moving keyboards around, or whatever it is, you know you you have to deal with that. You've obviously got all the challenges of access in the office and making sure everything's suitable, and then you've got to sit in a, an open office environment, which means you've got to listen to other people while you're trying to hear Jaws all day. <sighs> other people. Yeah, it's terrible. Whereas now, all that's gone. All those problems have disappeared because I'm working from home all the time. And uh, I'm not feeling... Uh, my wife is the same. She's visually impaired as well, as, as you probably know. And, you know, she's been saying she hasn't really noticed a major issue as yet. Now, of course, we're about two weeks in as far as we're concerned. So, you know, by four weeks and six weeks and eight weeks, that may be a different story. But I just... I, I think at the moment, what I'm saying is I think blind people are maybe a bit more used to isolation. Be careful. 
Well, be careful, you know, because we're not all the same, Stephen. No, I know we're not. Come I know on. we're not. No, but and I'm not. No, we're not all Sean sitting in a shed. Doing, well, no, no, look, going absolutely. Nowhere. If you use me as an example, <laughs> I honestly, I don't go. But out. you're not alone. You're not alone. I, no, 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 that's right. I know, but there's lots of people that say, "Well, I've, I've got a fantastic social life. I go out all the time, which is great." And yeah. you know, it, it, people can do that and do do that. But yeah, I've got to say, there's not much of a difference for me, as in, oh, I'm bored all day. There's nothing to do. You know, so. Yeah, I think we are more prepared from that aspect. But there are different worries. You know, I've seen lots of posts on social media of people asking, well, what do we do about being guided? You know, maintaining that distance is impossible. And when we're touching things, you know, there's been lots of questions. Should we get free hand sanitizer? And there's lots of other questions out there. For me, personally, it's the whole not knowing you know, not having an end date to this, the indefinite nature of it, and trying to find shopping is the big thing for me. Online shopping is, uh, I mean, everyone's doing it right now. So it, three weeks until our next delivery, that's worrying. Um, so, yeah, there's there's positives and negatives from the blind point of view, I think, of, of being I, used what, to what, it. What I, well, the reason that, just to clarify what I'm saying, right, I, I'm not saying that we're all better placed to deal with isolation because we're blind. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that the 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 person who is more likely to be blind, statistically, is someone who's older. And that person may be in a position where they are not out as much. They are not out in the world as much. We often hear people say, you know, you never see a blind person around here. Uh, you know, because <laughs> blind people aren't out as much. There are a lot of us out there, but we're not in public view. We've had this conversation umpteen times. So what I'm saying is, I think, I'm not saying it's a benefit or or it's good or it's bad. I'm, I'm just saying it's a, it seems to be probably yeah, true. Yeah, but I think it is fair to say that it could have less of an impact for us. Yeah. And look, the reason I stopped you and said be careful is because I know that some people can be sensitive or not even that, resent the implication that, oh, you're blind or vision impaired, then obviously you're lonely and never leave the house because that's just not always the case. But with that, I think we do need to acknowledge that it can be an issue if you're visually impaired. Mobility and isolation shouldn't be something that we're ashamed to say that, yeah, it is a bit of an issue for me. I'd, I'd stay in the house more. I'd stay in the house more if I could. That's yeah. the truth of it for me. So, you know, this is that's why I feel... And I feel bad about saying that, considering people do want, obviously, to get out, and I get that. But I'm actually quite happy at home. Are you like this, Tim? Are we um, in a world of our own here? It's hard to say, because it's yes and no. I spend quite a bit of my time at home as well, maybe not as much as Sean. Although, we pick on Sean, we tease. But we d- we know that Sean does go out for walks. He, you know, despite getting stuck in shrubs, he, he does go out for walks and goes to the local, <laughs> you know, the local restaurant or cafe. and. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Gets his little sandwiches and things, and so you his know, little sandwiches. <laughs> well, well, big, oh, probably should say big sandwiches, right? Um, yeah. So we we do know that Sean does he does truly get out a little more than we give him credit for. But that said, that that shed is his home. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, I, if my wife needs to go to the grocery store, she likes to go by herself. She doesn't want to necessarily drag me and my daughter over along with her. You know, that's her peace and quiet. Um, so I stay home or, you know what I mean? So if, if we're going somewhere specific, uh, of course I'm going out, but yeah, I spent a lot of my time at home as well. When I was working, of course, I was out, you know, five days a week and, and maybe once or so a month or a couple times a month go out on a weekend. But yeah, right now, because everything I'm doing is at home for the last, you know, what, year and a half, 
I don't feel that much of a difference in the impact right now either. Mm-hmm. Like your wife was saying, yes, as we get further into this, maybe I'll, I'll feel differently. And I'm kind of feeling that a little bit because I keep hearing all the reports of, you know, there's no cars on the highway. There's hardly anybody at the grocery store and the people that are at the store are fighting over toilet paper. And I'm like, you know what? I'd almost rather just be home with, <laughs> with all this, quite honestly. Um, <laughs> but but, you know, it's just – so it's kind of both sides for me. I, I can feel it kind of going both ways. But doesn't – sorry, Tim. Doesn't it come down to employment now? I mean, yes. Well, that's the thing. We're talking about a community that's, what, 75 80 percent unemployment exactly depending on where right. you are in the world. So, unfortunately, a lot of us aren't going out for employment just based on the numbers. But for the rest yeah. of, the, uh, of the people in the blind community that are getting out just to try to get out – that this is a huge impact on those people in their lives. And I can see where some people, like we were saying, this is a major change, blind or not. But but I, I understand your point, Stephen, that a vast majority probably due to unemployment, due to these kind of things, you know, we are in a way more prepared, you know, to be at home and to find something to do than maybe other people. And there are a lot of blind people who are self employed as well, who so maybe do work from home. And, you know, it's not a case that they're all out working in offices or working in, in places. They may be working at home. I mean, I'm not saying, obviously, blind people are working. That's not, you know, let's not get their own message here. But, you know, blind people are working. Lots of blind people are. But, you know, there is, a, would say, a large number. Because if you look at the, you just have to look at the stats, especially around employment, especially around self-employment. Um, you know, it would seem fair to say that, you know, you've got a better chance at self-employment than you do in the workplace. Not for everybody, Definitely. but, you know, certainly yeah. the attitudes of employers is generally shocking. Yep. So, you know, getting a job is, is going to be challenging. And I wonder if that might be where um, there could be a positive out of all of this with the virus, that, you know, one of the things that will be seen is that remote working is not just a, a Skyver's charter. You know, there's a great opportunity here for us all to... <laughs> Um, well, as long as they don't look at your work rate over this uh, period, Stephen, we should be fine. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I've gone through plenty of biscuits and tea, so I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing my bit for for the country. Uh, but no, I mean, that's the thing. You know, if if they say, well, actually, remote working's great, and they see the benefits of it, then you know, a blind person then is is in a perfect position to take on a role, uh, especially think call center work or you know call jobs. You know, you think if you're able to. Um, and and this is interesting because I work at the RNIB in the UK, and that's exactly what they've done. They've got all the staff who are working in offices, working from home, running the uh, helpline, the UK helpline, and that's it. You know, it's and a lot of those people on that helpline are blind, and yeah. they're working at home and doing great. So, you know, I think there are there are benefits to come from this. We're not seeing it yet, obviously, but um, I think we're trying to stay positive. Yeah, because anything you can do in a computer that is made accessible with a screen reader and can be done online especially is going to be fantastic for anybody who's blind and visually impaired, whether it's, you know, whether it's doing telework like that, working in a call center, whether it's research, marketing, whether it's outreach, whether it's writing, you know, stories, blogs, whatever, whatever you can do on a computer remotely or in an office, but especially remotely is perfect for us. So, I mean, it's not even just call center work. It's Really, no, anything yeah, that you anything. can do in, on a keyboard with a screen reader and an internet connection that you're good at, that you're qualified to do, uh, that can also, of course, be done remotely. And so, yeah, I, I th- I've thought about this, that this period of time is perfect for you know awareness and blind people saying, hey, 
guess what? You know, you're hiring for people to work remotely for your company. Uh, hello, you know, I can do this. So let's make sure the, the software, the apps are all accessible and sign me up. So this, this could be really, really good for that. Well, that's, of course, the other challenge, isn't it? That, you know, you, you get the job and it's all good and the employer thinks great and then you can't access the intranet or something and that's where things get complicated and difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is, it's, it's an interesting time and I guess I'm trying to pull positives out of which, what is going to be and is a, a truly terrifying and horrific point in, in all our lives. I mean, I... I didn't really want to get into it too much on the show this week, but, you know, I think it's, and of course, every show is talking about it, everybody's on about it, and it's so difficult not to. But, you know, I, I just think it's it's the fact that life has changed so quickly and things that we've taken for granted. And, you know, we I know for you, Sean, and we kind of joke around, you know, but things are, you know, maybe feeling similar, but not quite the same. You know, when your Amazon delivery says it's going to take a month to get there, you're like, hang on, what? Uh, you exactly. Know, things very yeah. quickly become... Uh, challenging and and you know this is frankly the beginning of this we've got a long way to go and it, it's terrifying for a whole wide range of reasons you're 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 concerned for your family you're concerned for yourself you're concerned for your job you know will your company survive this uh, all of those things and um it's sometimes important i think just to stop and acknowledge that but you you, you kind of have to acknowledge it i feel i have to every day at least take a moment just to acknowledge it so that I can move on because I think mentally I just cannot take this in. I, I cannot get the scale of this no. at all. And it always pops in your head at some point, you know, when you do see that, okay, that delivery is not available or this is out of stock still, that pops in your head as, wow, what's going on? How how worried should I be? You can't help yourself, can you? This isn't great for morale, by the way. Sorry, Sorry. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to be doing morale. <laughs> Look, okay, so listen, we were going to talk about the, the uh, features in the new iPad Pro. I also want to talk about uh, a couple of other things as well. I'll, I'll mention this feature now because we've only got a couple of minutes before the break, and then we'll, we'll talk about the iPad Pro in a moment. Not not so much. Don't, don't think we're going to sit and talk about the iPad Pro for the next half hour. We're not. Uh, but there's one thing in there that I do think is rather interesting that you might be wanting to hear um I, I just want to mention one feature it's it's not really for us as blind people possibly some partially sighted people might find benefit in this uh, but certainly for anybody who uh, is unable to use a computer with a keyboard or mouse essentially no ability to touch this is an incredible uh feature that has just been launched in the latest version of mac os and it's the head pointer feature now I'm going to be honest with you, I thought this is either going to be brilliant or terrible. Uh, and I didn't really understand how it was going to work at all. And I've looked up lots of information. I'm that, still not sure. Well, I, I, I still, to explain it is is bizarre, and I'll, I'll do my best here. Um, I looked online for resources on it. There's very little I can find. Uh, even Sean's article that you put up on DoubleTap.online, I mean, it tells us what it is. But, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not giving us any more <laughs> But, well, it's not because, and, and even Apple themselves haven't put very much. I was going to say that's not website. quite Sean's fault. He's he's no, going exactly, with the information no. he's got, Hooray. right? Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't stand up for him, Tim. He doesn't. He doesn't deserve it. Um, but poor Sean. Here's the here's the thing. So you know, you, you switch on the feature. There's two settings that you want to switch on if you're going to going to be using this. Uh, there's one which enables the actual head uh, to become the, 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 essentially the pointer. It uses your face, uh, and it uses the webcam on your. A device on your computer or an external webcam and you can choose whichever camera you want and that camera is, is essentially watching you and every facial move you make so if you turn your head to the, the right or to the left it will uh, move the cursor 
left and right or up and down the same, right? So you can move the cursor around the screen and it really does work. It is amazing. Um, I put the cursor size up to huge. Yes. Put the cursor size up to huge today and thought I'd try it to see if I could see it moving about the screen. Um, And there's another setting that you turn on which enables facial gestures or facial movements, I should say. Um, I'd love to see you do that. It's hilarious. You can Mm. choose from smiling, uh, raising your eyebrows, or sticking your tongue out is the other one. And those uh, all allow you to perform different functions, like a left click or a right click or drag and drop. I was able to drag the My Computer icon around the screen uh, just by using these gestures or expressions, I should say. Um, I was also able to um, launch the Double Tap website and you know start something playing start one of our episodes playing and it was just incredible i was doing all this with no touch at all and just facial expressions on my head yeah and not only that no specialist hardware at all nothing you know that, that that's no switches no triggers no blowpipes it was just that's what i thought you would need i, I thought this will only work exactly. if you have all this extra equipment you don't need any of that I, yeah, just I a camera that can see you yeah and, and this i can imagine coupled this with voice control for people oh, that yes. have mobility issues or yes. you know pr- uh, some sort of paralysis or Parkinson's can't use their hands as well, I mean this coupled with that, it, it, it's endless. It really is. It makes a huge difference, I'm sure, to to those people with, with those types of disabilities. Yeah, I mean I know it's not specific to us as blind people. I know that, but you know there are a lot of people out there who may be partially sighted who may be in that position. Exactly. Uh, who who need to have this function and. What? What I love as well is, sorry, Sean, but I'll just, I'll just say this, that, that I, I love the fact that it has the ability to be coupled with all these other functions. You could have every single, I mean, I had voiceover running, I had everything going, and, you know, it was all working. It was all I mean, I was thinking even, I didn't try this, actually, and I wish I had, but I didn't try Zoom with it, but you could possibly put the screen into Zoom and then navigate around the screen with your head. So maybe Absolutely. for partially sighted people, that would be even better. I don't know. I mean, it's just incredible really was yeah and it just shows the commitment that apple do have to accessibility you can knock them for so many things but when it comes to accessibility they're amazing yeah well we'll maybe get into that a bit if we've got time later to talk about uh, ios 13.4 lots of updates on that Oof, except for that oh right okay well other than that all right fair enough i haven't downloaded <laughs> no, it's it yet fine. i'm not it's touching fine. it i'm not it's touching fine. it because i know something will go no. horribly wrong with my phone and it'll stop working and i can't no it's good do it Stick around, we're going to talk about that. Plus, we'll be discussing uh, Google's Chrome Remote Desktop and how to use Zoom as well if you're blind. Stick around. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. Okay, guys, let's talk about uh, the iPad Pro that has uh, been launched because there is a feature in it that is more interesting than not. And Sean's going to tell us all about it, Sean, aren't you? What? Yes. <laughs> um, yes, I am. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> so, okay, the very interesting function and new tech that's in the new iPad Pro is LiDAR. Now, they call it as well time of flight sensor. I don't quite understand why. Maybe someone can tell me that. But LiDAR is very interesting because what this does, it's able to map, as in 3D model, your environment. Now, why is this important? Well, I mean, they're spinning it specifically for 
augmented reality. So, you know, when uh, a monster is chasing you in augmented reality, it will actually be able to go around objects in your environment. But for us, the possible accessibility um, positives that can come from this are amazing. Um, being able to, in real time, model your environment and get the actual distance of objects and, and map out objects could be amazing for mobility and just so many other things as well, object recognition. Um, LiDAR has always been quite a heavy technology. We've seen it bolted in um, self-driving cars. You know, that's really made a difference for self-driving cars, being able to map their environment so many times a second. So if we can bolt this technology to our faces, maybe, or our bodies... Uh, this could be a, a game changer for accessibility, specifically mobility, I think. I completely agree with everything you just said. Thank you, Tim. Who but wouldn't? I'm confused on two points. Uh, One, oh no. doesn't LiDAR sound like some sort of radar that your wife has when she thinks you're lying? That, that's what that sounds like to me. <laughs> oh. And, and number two, yes. the reports are that... <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> I thought yeah. so. Thank you. Um and, and and then the reports are that they're going to have this LiDAR technology with AR, but it's rumored that Apple glasses that are most likely really coming out won't have a camera, but this technology could still work in it. I don't understand how that can do that without a camera. Well, if you think of how Face ID works at the minute, so we started off with Touch ID for your fingerprint, but all the latest, you know, iPhone, when did it, was it introduced? The iPhone 10, I think? Face ID. So that doesn't need any light. You can unlock your phone using Face ID in the dark. It doesn't use a camera. What it does is project infrared beams at your face and pick up the points of those. Now, Laser, the, the LiDAR sensor, I'm not entirely sure what that uses. This is a new technology from Apple. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's something very similar to that. So it basically, uh, in, in mainstream tech, the LiDAR, I shouldn't say mainstream, but how LiDAR used to work was a laser, an actual laser pointing at a spinning mirror. It would bounce the beam all over the place, a thousand points a second in so many different um, directions and be able to monitor how long it took for that laser to come back and build up an environment. So I'm assuming that uh, Apple have found a way uh, of sort of expanding on the face ID, the infrared projection. Um, but either way, it's, it's a new way to do it in such a small form factor. And that's really important. This could be great. Wow, Sean, you explained that in a way that I now really understand. Oh, thank you. Thank oh, you. Good. Instead of a camera that's seeing the real world, they're shooting lasers at everybody and mapping what is in my environment. I got it. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, I actually, I do get it. I'm, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. No, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm just being silly. But, but no, I do get it. That, that makes sense. Does it make the pew, pew, pew sound as well? Oh, I wish. Pew, pew. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> No, but um, it, it does It does move on to the, the point and the, some of the problems that, that come up with wearables like glasses, you know, that, that problem of people's privacy and uh, reluctance to be filmed. And if you're walking around with a camera on your face, people might not like that. And this is a way around it. So hang yeah, on. because Sorry. people Sorry. aren't walking on all over the place with cameras up pointing it at everybody already anyway. Mm hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I thought... Now I'm being sarcastic. Yes, thank you. I, I thought I'd said this about, oh, I don't know, five million times, Priest. 
Yes, and I don't care. I honestly don't see it as a problem. I think people will get used to cameras. We're always being filmed all over the place. So I actually don't think it is an issue. And I'd much rather have both. I would rather have a camera and a depth. No. Why? Why not? No. Why? What difference does it make? Look, I, I get why you want a camera. I want a camera too. But it's it's not a world where just blind people live. This isn't the, the TV series C. So you know we don't. It's not us. Which we're not terrible. in charge of this. Well, <laughs> which is which, which is terrible that it's it's not happening or terrible show. Uh, all right, okay, right, fine. Um, well, I just think if if I'm honest, I, I would love to have a camera in my glasses. I know I've said it umpteen thousand times. We've all said it a thousand times. But I think society isn't ready for that, and that. That was proven by Google Glass, right. which just it, well, it was proven by Google Glass, right? It didn't take off in the way that people hoped. It, that people were interested in it and wanted it. Yeah, well, that's but I don't think that matters. I mean, Apple's going to come out, and it's not going to be any cheaper than Google Glass. It will. And if it's got this in it, if it's got this rather than a camera, it is going to be far more palatable for people because they'll think, okay, so someone's walking down the street. I mean, just think practically about it. You're walking down the street, someone's walking towards you with a camera and the glasses. You've got a kid beside you. You don't know what's going Absolute on. Absolute nonsense. And it just takes one or two cases where pictures are taken like that, and that's it. The whole thing's finished. Whereas this, this offers up an option, offers up a, a potential for us, Wrong. and I think in a really positive way. <laughs> okay, I think it Wrong. does open up potential, but I wonder if this is a stepping stone to adding a camera later, let people get used to a wearable Possibly, on their face that they've yes. never had before that's that's in a, a general use in the public, Wrong. and then three, four, five years down the line, introduce a camera when people are more ready? I agree with wrong. that. No, I agree with that. Okay. okay why why well, are we wrong? Because I'll tell you why you're wrong, Tim. Okay, you, you tell us why. Thank I will you. tell you. I'm tell us. Sarcastic. Why aren't you telling us? Tell us, Sean. Gosh, tell, tell us. us. Okay, so you're wearing your glasses... And they've got a big <laughs> lens in them somewhere in the the bridge or uh, one side of the frames. And uh, you're walking down the street with a big lens on your face, as in camera lens. The, the, the average Joe doesn't know if that's a camera or a LiDAR. No, no, mate, it's okay. It's LiDAR. What's that? <laughs> People don't care. It's still something on your face which is... You know, perceived as a camera, so I don't. I think the, the change is going to come when these become mainstream. The more people that are wearing them, the less people will care. Simple as that. Well, that I agree with. Is that what you just take said? Time. That, I think that's exactly what I just. No, said. no, 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 no. You're saying that. Oh well, lidar or this sensor will bridge the gap to cameras. The guy on the street isn't going to tell a difference. They're not going to know. They're going to think it's a camera Who anyway. is this guy? I'll talk I don't to disagree with that, Sean, but I'm thinking <laughs> that in Apple's mind, maybe the LiDAR sensor is smaller than actual camera attached to the ca- to the glasses. It's huge. It, <laughs> okay. On the iPad Pro, it's a massive It sensor. is actually pretty big. Yeah, that's true. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking that maybe that's why. I mean, there is the privacy concern, I guess, but. I don't know. I feel like everybody's got their cameras out all over the place anyway. And the amount of public cameras that are on buildings outside, I, cameras are everywhere already. I, I don't. And they're think, a good thing. I think it's privacy is already kind cameras. of sailed at this point. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, look, nobody, it, n- neither of us are going to, none of us are going to argue the point that the cameras are a bad thing on our glasses or anything else. But I, I just think it's, it's a societal thing. But look, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And they're wrong. Okay. I want facial recognition as well. That's a great thing. Right, shut up. You're getting boring Sorry. now. Okay, let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk about something far more interesting. Remote desktoping. Ooh, ooh. 
Yeah, it's going to be fun times. Uh, right, I time. think I'm... <laughs> hold, hold me back. Right, okay, here we go. Uh, I'm going to get my uh, laptop out here. And, uh, careful. And we will uh, see how this works. Okay, so let me show you then how to download and use Chrome Remote Desktop. I think this is a fantastic little tool. If you're trying to access a remote computer and you're blind or partially sighted and you want to be able to remotely control that machine using the built-in software on the computer, be it uh, VoiceOver on a Mac or Narrator on a PC, or if the other person has JAWS, then, then brilliant. You can use this for that purpose. There is, of course, JAWS Tandem, if you have JAWS and the person you're connecting to has JAWS. But uh, this is good as well. I think this is a great little tool to have. And, uh, you know, it's really, really simple. So let me show you how to use it. First up, we need to launch the Chrome browser. So I'll go into my start menu. Search box edit. Lee, and, Google Chrome, yeah, tab enter. Let's open that up. New tab, Google Chrome. Address and search bar edit. Okay, tab let me... D. Selected. Google.co.uk. Enter. Blank. Selected. Google.co.uk. First thing we're going to do is make sure we're signed in to uh, Google Chrome. That's really important. Google account, Stephen R-N-I-B, Stephen. Okay, that's fine. So I'm signed in, which is good. And uh, now I'm going to search... Search edit combo. Space. Search region. Search edit combo. And I'm going to search for Chrome Remote Desktop. Chrome. Remote. Desktop. Enter. Chrome Remote Desktop. Google search Chrome. I spelled that wrong, but never mind. Uh, okay, so it'll figure it out. Uh, let's search through the headings. Uh, or you can, of course, uh, just do insert F7 if you're using JAWS or Narrator. Accessibility search modes heading. Showing results for search results. Chrome, rem- Chrome Remote Desktop. Google Chrome heading level 3 link. There we go. So I'll go into Chrome Remote Desktop there. Enter. Chrome Remote Desktop. Google search Google Chrome. About Chrome Web Store. Two regions, three headings, and six links. Chrome. Okay, so this is taking me right to the Chrome Web Store. Uh, so I'm going to want to make sure that I'm downloading the right thing. So I'll do a quick heading check. Chrome Remote Desktop heading level one. Yep, that's it. And there uh, should be a download button or an enable button or something. Add to Chrome button. That's it. Add to Chrome. Hit that. Enter. Add Chrome Remote Desktop. Add Chrome Remote Desktop. Dialog. Cancel button. To activate, press space bar. Okay, so I don't want to cancel it. I'll shift tab back. Add extension button. There to we activate, are. press space bar. Enter on add extension. Enter. Chrome Remote Alert. Chrome Remote Desktop has been added to Chrome. Chrome Remote Desktop has been added to Chrome. So we're going to Shift F6 twice to take us to the address bar. Shift Shift F6. Selected. Chrome.google. Or you could just do Alt D, I suppose, and then tab from there. Chrome.google.com slash web store slash detail slash extensions. Chrome Remote Desktop button menu. Press. There we go. And uh, we shall hit space on that. Space. Chrome Remote Desktop Google Chrome. Link Chrome Remote Desktop. Five regions, two headings, and three links. And it opens up a web page where this will actually show us, once we've completed this, it will actually show us where the computers are. It will list them all for us, and then we can activate them from here. So at the moment, for example, if I hit heading... This device heading level 2. And again... Set up remote access heading level 3. Now, normally, uh, once you've got this all up and running, it might say your computer name there. It might say Stephen's PC at that point. Uh, but at the moment, it says set up because there's nothing there. So uh, because it's we're on set up, let's arrow down and see what we need to do from here. Set up this computer to be remotely accessed from another device. To get started, click the download button. Okay, so there must be a download button. Download Chrome Remote Desktop button. There you go. Uh, we'll hit enter on that. Enter. Alert. Downloading 14.8 megabytes. Primeramodadestifus.msi. Alert. Download complete. Primeramodadestifus.msi. Press Shift plus F6 to cycle to the downloads bar area. Oh, let's do that then. Enter. Downloads bar. Primeramodadestifus.msi. Enter on that. Enter. Window dialog. Chrome Remote Desktop Google Chrome. And now we wait for it to do its bid. It's going to go off and install the software for us. Just Shift F6 back into the website. F6. 
Selected. Banner region. Okay, there we are. So we're back onto the website, into the banner region, and I'll hit H. This device heading level 2. Okay, and again. Ready to install heading level 3. There we go. So let's add over from here. Click accept and install and follow the prompts. By continuing, you agree to the link Google terms of service and link privacy policy. Accept and install button. And I'm going to accept by hitting enter. And alert. Allow Chrome Remote Desktop to open Primeramodadesktopist.msi. Open download. Open download dialog. Yes button. To activate, press spacebar. Let's do that. Space. Chrome Remote Desktop Google Chrome. Main region. This device region. Enter device name edit. Okay, so now we're going to enter a name of the uh, computer. So this one might be called Stephen's Laptop. But uh, bear in mind that it does put the computer name in, so you have to delete that first. Okay, so let me type in Stephen's. Stephen's. Laptop. There we go. And I shall tab to. Next button. To activate, press enter. Space. Enter new pin password edit. Type in text. Okay, so now what you'll be asked to do is enter a PIN number. And this is what you'll use to connect to the computer. So it has to be a six-digit number. Uh, so I'll put one in. La, 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 la. Yeah, and next. Star, star, star. Re-enter new PIN password edit. Type in text. Yep, put it in again. La, 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 la. And then next. Star, star, star. Help improve Chrome remote desktop by allowing Google to collect usage statistics and crash reports checkbox checked. To clear checkmark, press spacebar. That's up to you. I don't mind. Start button. To okay. activate, press enter. Let's hit start. Enter. And that's it. You're done. It drops you back onto the website, remoteaccess.google.com forward slash access, uh, which is where you will be able to uh, find the list of computers you have attached to your account. And then all you have to do is uh, find the one you want, enter on it, and you are in. So let's go down. Link Chrome Remote Desktop. Google Apps button collapsed. Google account. Steep navigation region. Visited link remote access. Link remote support. Remote support if you want someone to help you. Navigation region and main region. Heading level to this device. Steven's laptop. And there it is. Online. And if I go down again, it tells me it's online. So all I would do is go back to Steven's laptop. Steven's laptop. And hit enter. Now, I'm obviously on that computer, so I can't do that here. Well, I could, but it would just create chaos. So I'm not going to do that. But if I go to another computer, sign in with the same Google account... I am able to access my computer from anywhere. And that's how you use Chrome Remote Desktop. Well done, Stephen. I, I quite enjoyed that. That was really good. Surprised. Don't sound so surprised. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry. I like it. it I do like good. it. I will say, though, that I, mean, you, I know you're a fan of Jaws Tandem, aren't you? You do. I am. Like well, I'm that. used to it, yes. Yeah. Uh, I've never used that. I, I, I mean, I believe it's very accessible. Obviously. It is. I imagine it is. Yes. It better Jaws, be. Yeah. That'd be kind of annoying, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, the only inaccessible bit of Jaws is that bit. <laughs> Blow my neck. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's good. I do like I like Chrome Desktop, uh, Remote Desktop. I think it's nice because it's free and it does work, and it is relatively and decently accessible, which is nice. Of course, it does depend what you're connecting into as well. Um, but, yeah, I do quite like it. There are other options. You can get TeamViewer as well. TeamViewer you can use free. There is a free non-commercial license that you can use. Although I, I run into a bit of a problem because when I connected with my server in the office, which uses the sort of business version of it, uh, you can't mix the two. Really? Yeah, you can't connect a free account what? to a corporate account oh. or any kind of business account or, or paid for. So... Uh, it gives you a five-minute warning, and apparently if you do it too much, you can do it. It will let you on for five minutes, um, and that actually gave me enough time to set up Chrome Remote Desktop. That was why I, I figured it. Um, but, you know, the problem is if you do it too often, they will actually ban your IP address, and that means your whole corporate IP address gets banned. Ooh. That's not great. No. Uh, no. So uh, there we go. Anyway, shall we talk about Zoom, Sean? Yes, let's. 
There's a word that you must have heard so many times over the last few weeks, well, amongst others, and that's Zoom. I'll Zoom you, you Zoom me, let's meet over Zoom, I'm working from home using Zoom, Zoom! Strange name, but a fantastic way to get together. So, let's take a quick look at Zoom. Okay, so what is Zoom? Well, to give it its full name, it's Zoom Cloud Meetings. And at its most basic level, it's just a way for people to communicate with each other using text, video or audio. Much in the same way as you can with apps and services like WhatsApp, FaceTime, Skype, iMessage or, you know, there's so many out there. There's a few things, though, that set Zoom apart from everything else. Firstly, the audio quality is great, and there's very few dropouts and cutouts, especially when there's more than two people chatting at once, which is exactly the reason we use it when recording this show. Also, accessibility. It's really good. Not perfect, but really good. Plus, the developers are really interested in accessibility, which is great. No matter what platform you use, be it mobile, Windows or Mac, it's easy for us to start or join a meeting And most, if not all, of the controls are accessible using a screen reader. But for me, I think the main reason Zoom is so good is that it's really simple and easy for people to join you in a chat or a meeting. All someone needs to do is to click on a link and in a couple of taps they're actually in the meeting with you and talking. Anyway, I don't have much time, so that's what I'm going to concentrate on. I'm going to start a meeting using my iPhone and then I'm going to join the meeting on my computer. Okay, so the first thing you need to do is go to the App Store and download Zoom Cloud Meetings. Once you've done that, open it up and sign up. You'll need to enter the usual things, email, a couple of other details and a password, but that's it. Now, you don't need to sign up if you're just using it to join a meeting, but if you want to start a meeting, which is what I'm going to do here, you do. Anyway, once you've done that, here's the main screen. Zoom, start items, button. You can mark certain chats, messages, contacts and things like that and they will show up here in the start section. Swipe to the right. Meet and chat, heading, start a chat, button. So you can start a chat, which is more for collaborative work where you really don't need the audio or video side of things. Let's continue on. Search, search field, new meeting, button. That's what we want, but let's just swipe to the right once more. Join button. And obviously, that's another important one, being able to join a meeting. Okay, that's the ones you really need to know for now. There are others, but I'm running so short on time. You can schedule a meeting, you can share your screen, and at the bottom of the screen, there's four tabs, but they're all really self-explanatory. Anyway, let's start a meeting. New meeting button. Now we're on a new screen. Let's go through. Cancel button. Let's swipe right again. Start a meeting. Heading. Video on. Switch button. Off. Double tap here to turn your video on or off. Do you want them to see you? In my case, definitely not. Anyway, let's swipe on. Use personal meeting ID. PMI. 3, 6, 4. Switch button. Off. Every meeting on Zoom has its own meeting ID. This is the number that people use to join the meeting. You can think of it like a telephone number. When you sign up with Zoom, you will get your own personal meeting ID. But when you start a meeting, you can choose whether you want to use your own personal ID or just create a random one. 
I'm going to use a random one and swipe on to start the meeting. Start a meeting button. Double tap here. Waiting. Audio alert. Zoom would like to access the microphone. The first time you run the app, it's going to ask you for permission to access the camera or the microphone and things like that. Just OK and carry on. Video now stopped. Meeting ID. Six, two, five. Zoom. To hear others, please join audio. Call using internet audio button. Cancel button. If you want people to hear you, you need to turn on internet audio. So just double tap that and carry on. Displaying Sean Priest's avatar. And that's it. You've created your first meeting room. Now, if you swipe through this screen, you'll find buttons to end the meeting, start your video, mute audio and all the things you would expect. They're all accessible and well labelled. So far, so good. But what's the point of being in a room by yourself? You're just like me then. So keep swiping through until you find participants. Participants button. Double tapping on the participants button will give you an option to send invites. Let's swipe through. Close button. Participants. One. Heading. Sean Priest. Device audio unmuted. Video stopped. Host chat button. Invite button. There it is. Double tap on the invite button and you'll be given options to send invites by email, message or just copy the URL to send it however you want. So I'm going to send myself an email, invite myself to my own party and join it on the computer. OK, I'm now on my computer, so let's take a look at the email. Please join Zoom meeting in progress 1540. Join Zoom meeting HTTPS. And there it is. Now, the important thing is the link. It doesn't matter how you get it, if it's through email or a text message or whatever. It's the link that connects you. So open up the email and press enter on that link. When you do, your browser will open. Launch meeting Zoom Mozilla Firefox. Opening Zoom 042L8 Sofisku 3FC 1873332219 F6.exe dialog you have chosen to open. OK, I know it sounds a little bit messy, but what's happening here is your browser is trying to install the Zoom app. Depending on what and how you've got your browser set up, it will either just ask you to open the app or save it to your computer. Obviously, if you save it to your computer, you'll need to go to the downloads folder and run the Zoom setup file from there. Now, bear in mind, this is something you only have to do the once. Once it's installed, you'll never have to do this again. The installation only takes a minute or two and you don't have to do anything. Once it's finished, you'll get this. Zoom window. Please enter your name. Edit Sean. Enter a name that you want to use in the meeting and then let's just tap through. Remember my name for future meetings. Checkbox checked. OK, tap again. Join meeting button. Hit enter on that. Zoom window. Join with computer audio button. And just like on the iPhone, if you want to be heard, you need to use computer audio. If you want to change the microphone or speaker settings, hit the tab and you'll find a button just underneath this one. But for now, let's hit enter on use computer audio to join the meeting. You are in the meeting hosted by Sean Priest with two participants. Your audio is not connected. Your video is off alert. Give it a second. Audio Sean, now unmuted alert. Click if you want to switch to a different microphone or speaker alert. Zoom meeting and there I am. You Great. are using the computer audio alert. Oof, the echo is just because of the way I'm recording. Now, remember, the next time I open an invitation link, I won't have to go through the installation process. Instead, Zoom will just open up and it will either ask me to enter my name or ask me if I want to use computer audio. Once you're in the meeting, just tap around. You'll find controls for muting and turning video on and off and sharing screens and lots of other options, but they are all accessible. As a quick tip for keyboard shortcuts, you can press Alt-A to mute or unmute your audio. 
Alt-V to turn your video on or off. And also, you can record the meetings by pressing Alt-R. To leave a meeting, press Alt-Q. Also, now that you have the Zoom app installed on your Windows PC, you can just press the Windows key, type Zoom to start the Zoom app, and you can start a meeting pretty much the same way as we did on the iPhone. Anyway, that's it. I'm way out of time. This was a very brief overview of how this all works. It's definitely one you should have and should use. Zoom me. Wonderful, Sean, as always. A remarkable feat that you managed to get it ready for the show this week. Well done, well done. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Um, Yeah, that's great. I I think a lot of people are going to be pleased to hear that because, you know, Zoom is one of those platforms everybody's talking about at the moment, but, you know, not from a blind point of view uh, and how to use it. So I think a lot of people are going to be pleased to hear that, Sean. Yeah, and the important thing is, even though that was just a, a brief overview, there are so many different aspects to it, webinars and things like that. But, you know, it is accessible. That's the important thing. Don't be afraid to have a play around and have a look at the settings on any platform, the iPhone and uh, Windows and the Mac. Absolutely. Uh, Listen, if you want to get in touch with the show, please do. You can leave us a voicemail at uh, 1-866-509-4545. And if you wouldn't mind, guys, uh, just uh, making sure that you tell us that it's okay to use your voicemail on air. Otherwise, we have to fire Sean out of a cannon next week. Exciting. Uh, That is the official... Yeah, that's the official contract we have with the AMI. You can also email us <laughs> feedback at ami.ca. Uh, that's it for this week. Stay safe, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Marco Flalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.